0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hanson alongside Omaha Joe Stanton. We've got the Thursday night game here. Pittsburgh and Minnesota. How about that thumbnail you created, Omaha Joe? KJ Osborne, he is your guy. You're the touchdown whisperer with KJ Osborne. I'm surprised you don't
1: have his jersey on tonight for the show. I need it. I need it, right? Yeah, I called his uh, what first touchdown in week three. Um, hopefully, on the thumbnail, um, folks aren't just scrolling by and being like, "Who's that guy?" I don't know who that is. So, um, yeah, KJ Osborne stepping up with Adam Thielen out um, had to put him on the thumbnail for that reason. Definitely,
0: he's uh, becoming more expensive, uh, more involved with Thielen out. Um, you know, and I'm also surprised here. Speaking of jerseys, that you don't have the Javante Williams jersey on either. I, I mean, I know, I know you're in your new you're in your new dig, so you're kind of you're on the move here. It's understandable, but man, how about that Sunday night performance from oh, your,
1: your boy? Yeah, if if I had to get the next Denver Broncos jersey or whatever my next jersey will be, it would be Javante Williams because I mean he's up there for like the most missed tackles among like with Jonathan Taylor. I mean he just had a stellar performance. Melvin Gordon is on a contract year, so I mean I fully expect Javante Williams to just be. Uh, he looked like a stud. I don't want to. I don't want to like knock on wood, right? But like he looked good and he helped us take down some winners. Um, in our Sunday night football lineup. So that was even better, right?
0: Yeah, he was a beast. Yeah, Yeah. we had him as the MVP on FanDuel. That worked out well with all those touches. We've had a lot of success here with these uh, single games. So let's keep it rolling here on this Thursday night. Big battle here. A lot on the line with these teams on the fringes of of the playoffs in Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Minnesota at home here favored by three, over under 43.5. Why don't you start things off for us on the Pittsburgh side?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously Pittsburgh's coming off a really tight win against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it came down to the last play, um, scored a touchdown there in the fourth quarter. So yeah, they're coming off a big, a big win against the Ravens, Um, but they're not in the playoff picture yet. Um, They're still battling much like the Vikings, which is why this is going to be a quite intense lot on the line. There's an A football game starting at the helm. You got Ben Roethlisberger, not the man that he once was. Um, I think that shoulder's breaking down for him. Um, he's only thrown over 300 yards once this season, and it was like 305. Like it really wasn't. It wasn't a lot. Um, against Baltimore last week, he threw for 236 yards and two touchdowns. Andrew, so Ben Roethlisberger has not been the QB that we imagined. However, the Vikings' defense has been plagued with injuries, and they rank um, 24th in pass defense, and they're allowing 1.8 past touchdowns per game. So it's a great matchup for the Steelers. Um, unfortunately, the Steelers ranked 22nd in scoring and 17th overall in offense. So I'm not super bullish on Ben Roethlisberger, um, although I like the matchup. I'm just not confident. Um, a lot of their offense runs to Najee Harris now with their run game. And even in the passing game, it's a lot of those short passes. Um, plus the Vikings are getting some really key guys back on defense, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Patrick Peterson, all didn't play against the Lions, but are expected to be out there for this Thursday night football game. So, yeah, it it stinks because I'll get to the rest of those Steelers, um, the Steelers guys, and I do like the other pieces of the Steelers offense. And you would normally like to get those paired up with QB, but I'm just not super high on Ben Roethlisberger this week, Andrew. Yeah, I can understand why you're not.
0: I mean, he's really—it's like he's struggling to the finish line of a marathon, you know, his <laughs> his career marathon, and yeah. it's it's not it's not always pretty. You know, with right. the throws, with the stats. Uh, but we do have a couple moving parts here. Um, the surprising thing about last week when you mentioned the 236 yards is that in that second half, I mean, they were throwing it nonstop. And right. so that's the thing is they're throwing it that much, uh, trying to catch up, and it only ends up with those numbers. You know, you you, you can't have a lot of faith in, in a big day from Big Ben because we do know that Pittsburgh loves to run it. They love to hand it to, to Najee Harris. But, you know, he's been he's been struggling. The offensive line's been struggling. Do they change strategy here and throw it more? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. But then on the flip side, like you said, Minnesota is going to be a different defense this week than last when they lost to the Lions, uh, allowed them to get their first win, but they were missing those key defenders that you just mentioned. So kind of some moving parts here. Yeah. But I- I'm with you in that. You know, because of the way the Pittsburgh offense runs and and Big Ben's limitations, you can get exposure to those pass catchers and possibly Najee Harris and and fade Big Ben and still make it work.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. And and speaking of Najee Harris, like you said, he's only had one touchdown in the last three games. He's coming, he's came out the gate absolutely firing. But even against the Ravens last week, he had 26 total touches. He had 21 carries on the ground and five catches in the air. So very much the high volume of rookie receiver that, you know, we expected him to be, and he has become, and he was just up against a tough Ravens defense where this week the Vikings ranked 29th in um, their run defense. They allow 131.5 rushing yards per game. And Benny Snell is not taking rushing attempts out of Najee Harris's hands. So I, I really do like Najee Harris. I think you can fly solo with Najee Harris um, without Big Ben. Of course, Big Ben has the floor, you know, just given the QB position. Um, but I expect Najee Harris to really have a good game. Um, the Steelers run the ball 37% of the time. But um, like you said, they were passing the ball a lot in that second half. So 37% doesn't seem like that much. Um, but with the amount of volume that Najee Harris is getting, I think this game he breaks out. These last three games have just kind of been, you know, steady pace but this is where i really think he can shine um especially you know under the lights on thursday night
0: yeah it's funny you mentioned benny snell not not really taking attempts from harris and it's true i mean he barely got to plural attempts last week he got two and (laughs) he may get one or or he may get a few more since it's thursday night short week but they love to just feed the rock to, to harris and everybody else watches from that running back group but you know, again, Najee Harris. You mentioned all the touches. Only 3.4 yards per carry last week. Only 3.6 yards per carry on the season. He's not he's not efficient, but we do like that he catches passes, as you're talking right. about, and also just the volume of carries. So he's he's playable for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then speaking of the pass catchers, um, you have Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Ray Ray McCloud um, as the wide receiver options, or the top three wide receivers options. Deontay Johnson is definitely getting the bulk target share among those three, you know, averaging seven to nine targets per game, just under 10. He had the big game against the Ravens, two touchdowns, 100 yards plus, um, and he looked really good. So I think Deontay Johnson is a very safe play in that offense, um, especially in a cash game. But someone that I'm really interested in uh, specifically for GPPs is Claypool. In these last two games, Claypool has had two receptions. For 52 yards and just three receptions for 82 yards. And I just keep thinking back to MVS, um, Joshua like this, or crash. MVS um, for the Packers versus this Vikings defense when he had a 75-yard touchdown and a really big day. And I think Claypool has that opportunity here as well. Um, Deontay Johnson has the better matchup. Um, however, Johnson and Claypool, they switched off between light, left and right um, where they're lining up. Um, and that's why I want to attack this Vikings defense as well. So I think Claypool could be a really interesting GPP play. He has a big breakaway. He has a big catch. Um, and that's definitely a possibility. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, just he was more involved when Claypool uh, was out and hurt for a little bit. But since then, I mean, a very low target share, couple targets his way. Um, I don't see him producing a whole lot. So, yeah, Deontay Johnson's a safe play for me. Claypool really interesting GPP play um, that I want to look at. And then of course, Pat Fryermuth as well. Um, According to PFF, Pat Fryermuth um, has a 39% tight end advantage here uh, versus the Vikings. The Vikings are decent. I mean, they're 18th best among tight ends overall for defense. Um, What's interesting though is Pat Fryermuth has the opportunity to surpass some of Heath Miller's rookie, tight end stats, and that's got to be encouraging for him. He's looked really good Um, last game against the Ravens. He only had 26 yards on three receptions, but in the last six games, he's scored five touchdowns um, and he's getting about a quarter of the red zone targets. So that's my breakdown on the Steelers side. Um, I think a lot of those guys are in play. You can play them without Big Ben. If you want to play safe, you know, I I don't dislike Big Ben. Um, It's not a complete fade, um, but that's where I'm at. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. You know,
0: Deontay Johnson and Claypool are like the definition of a cash play and a GPP play. You know, Johnson just right. dominating the targets like you're talking about. You know, he had the two touchdowns, dropped a third last week. So he's, he's definitely Ben's favorite receiver, yeah. playing great. Claypool, um, he's the big play waiting to happen. And Minnesota has given up some big plays, lots of touchdowns to receivers. That, that big one for MVS it was on my mind as well. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, the thing is, you know, he he does seem to continue to be a little bit limited by that turf toe. Only played 63% of the snaps against Baltimore. And that's got to hurt his deep playability. So yeah. it's uh, like is usual. You is know,
1: Big Ben the big play quarterback anymore? Right? He's right. not. He's Let's not. be
0: honest. Can he's we be not. honest? Yeah, nah, he's not. Yeah, right. So, so that's the other limitation. Yeah, um, but you could pay it off uh, for sure if he if he hits a big one, and yeah, McLeod low targets with Claypool out there, James Washington right on the fringes. Mm-hmm. Don't don't need to go there, especially five thousand on DraftKings is crazy for him. Uh, you talk about he's the double GPP, the level mm-hmm. behind Claypool. Like if Claypool mm-hmm. gets hurt and then Washington catches the bomb at like two percent yeah. ownership on DraftKings. But uh, Friar yeah, uh, steady. Love, love the talk of touchdowns. Uh, the Detroit tight ends got two touchdowns against them last week. We'll see if with Minnesota healthier defensively, if they do a better job there. But keep an eye on Friar for sure. He's, he's reasonably priced on both sides.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, before we jump into the Viking side um, of the ball, we'd love to give a quick – you know, blurb here about how you can join us here at DFSCoachTalk.com. You alluded to it earlier. We are crushing these single games, having consistent winners um, in our lineups. And you can check us out at DFSCoachTalk.com. We have an assortment of membership options, three-day pass, month-long, season-long, you know, whatever fits, fits your fancy and what you would like to do. But once you're in the Discord, you know, you get access to all um, sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, PGA, Um, We give out DraftKings clipboard, full FanDuel lineups, full Yahoo lineups as well. Um, You can chat with us. You can chat with other members. It's just a fantastic community. Um, And like I said, last night we were celebrating our NBA wins, Andrew, that you provided for those lineups. Um, Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, we're celebrating our winners as well. So yeah, it's just a great time to join. Uh, We're really getting into a hot streak with NBA and NFL. Um, It's a great time to join. So. Um, Andrew, you got anything else to
0: add? No, well said. Yeah, I love this part of the NFL season, uh, with teams ramping up for the playoffs and uh, everything we've gotten to see throughout the season, feel stronger and stronger about the matchups and the breakdowns. So let's keep it rolling here. Transition to the Minnesota side, and you you were talking about you know, potentially being a close battle. The close games last week that these teams had mm-hmm. have you know, had. How about Minnesota for the season? They've had three overtime games. They've only had one game all season decided by more than eight points. So it's just close down to the wire usually with this group. Yeah. Um, So that's why you know I see it being a pretty balanced slate in terms of you know how I want to build these squads, especially on on DraftKings. Um, but let's talk about Minnesota's matchups here. I think with Adam Thielen out, I mean, that's the big news here for Minnesota because he has 10 receiving touchdowns on the season. And with him being out, that opens up a lot. I mean, we saw Justin Jefferson just go off against Detroit, 14 targets, 11 for one eighty-two and a score. And, you know, Thielen, he got hurt early in that game. So it was just Jefferson all day long, every direction, short passes, long passes. Uh, They just, got it into his hands and then your man KJ Osborne, he stepped up and here's a perfect example of the impact that a guy like Thielen being out can have in the five games before last week, Osborne was averaging 2.4 targets per game, probably because you know Omaha Joe wasn't doing podcasts about him and pumping him <laughs> up, but Thielen's out now. And in that game against Detroit, he had seven targets. Yep. So, you know, more than double the targets, with Thielen out, he had four for 47 and a score, um, and he's real nice price on both sides. 5600 yeah. on DraftKings. That's nice. For a second receiver, it's usually uh, above 6000 and only 8000 on FanDuel. Again, mm-hmm. usually more like nine or 10000 yeah. for that second receiver. So he's in play on both sides. Uh, Jefferson does have the best matchup on paper, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, and, again, we'll have to check the injury news here. This is Wednesday night, so we're not sure if Joe Hayden's going to be out again. But if he is, then you can bump up Jefferson even more. I I just don't know if I can build a lineup without Jefferson. What do you think about that, Omaha Joe?
1: I was going to say, can you bump up Jefferson even more? Because, I mean, <laughs> you, I can't talk any more good things about him. Because, really, I don't know how you build a lineup without him. Um, I agree with you there. Jefferson is absolutely going to have a field day. Um, or just for the pure volume and pure talent, um, with Thielen being out. Absolutely. Um, I'll give a quick blurb on KJ Osborne. The reason that I was on him in the past, um, around week three was the week before they went to him as a rookie wide receiver on like a critical fourth down situation in, in, the fourth quarter that next, that next week, he followed up with the first touchdown of the game for about 50 yards. So he has a really good trust with Kirk Cousins you just have so many weapons out there between Thielen, Jefferson, you know, Dalvin cook, Tyler Conklin, that that's where his targets were going down, you know, 2.4, like you said. Um, But I mean, the trust is there between him and Kirk cousins. And that's why I think his target share really went up after Thielen went out. And I expect nothing less in this game. I do not think it was a fluke that he had um, that amount of targets last game with Thielen being out just because of the chemistry that he's built up over the season. Um, You know, via eye test and just overall um them going to him in critical situations. So yeah, absolutely. I love Jefferson love KG Osborne. They're definitely going to be in my lineups.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the rest of the pass catchers while we're here and then we'll get to the big uh, running back news. So DD Westbrook was next with 31 snaps last week, mm-hmm. only had two targets. Uh He did get one target down the field, but his one catch was for a loss of two and you know, Kirk actually looked right past him on on one of the plays where Westbrook was wide open eight to ten yards down the field, and he just pumped it downfield to Jefferson again. So he's he's really that like fourth option when he's out there, uh, not looking for much from him.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Dan Chasina was out there for uh, a few snaps, did not get targeted. You know, he's that fourth receiver, not expecting anything from him. But with the tight ends, you definitely can look at Tyler Conklin. Uh, nine targets last week, seven catches for 56, almost had a touchdown. Uh, it was ruled a touchdown. And then on review, they saw that the second foot went, went out of bounds. Um, and I mentioned him because again, without Thielen's 10 touchdowns out there, you got to get it in the box somehow. Uh, and you know, cousins has shown an affinity for Conklin. So yeah. 6,200 DraftKings, 8,500 fan duel, definitely in my player pool. Ah, uh, Chris Herndon is the backup there. Uh, minimum price on DraftKings, only three catches on the season, so probably not not going to venture down uh, in that direction. Any interest in Conklin?
1: Yeah, I like I like Conklin just the same, um, especially okay. his matchup against Joe Sh- Joe Schobert um for the for the Steelers he's only had one forced fumble this year. He was supposed to be a really top linebacker, but he just hasn't shown it so far. He hasn't eclipsed 10 tackles in a game. He has had a couple of games with three tackles, two tackles. And so I, I just like the matchup for Conklin. And I actually think he benefits the second most from Adam Thielen being out. Um, and he had t- nine targets last week against the Lions. Um, it's a decent, it's a good matchup against the Steelers in the tight end spot. And between the 10 yard line and the touchdown, um, the Vikings throw a lot, which you wouldn't expect, but they have just not been efficient. So with a big target like Conklin, Thielen being out, yeah, I like Conklin and I like the pass game here for the Vikings. All
0: right. Well, let's talk about the remaining area of this late, that running back group for Minnesota. And looks like Dalvin Cook is probably gonna be out. We've got him officially questionable. He did get in some limited work in practice. But it doesn't seem too promising for him to get out there. Again, it's Wednesday yeah. night, so we'll see tomorrow. But let's break this down, assuming he's out. We've got Madison at 9,800 on DraftKings, got the monster workload against Detroit 22 carries, three catches. And we know that Minnesota loves to have a featured running back. So yeah. I'm thinking Madison will get a bunch of touches again and be the guy um so he's he's playable for me here uh slightly above average matchup pittsburgh uh 11th most friendly to running backs in terms of fantasy points for the season 27th in yards allowed um so we'll see the question is you know if you go heavy with the receivers on both sides do you have enough salary left for him um he's sort of like on the fence for me what are your thoughts there
1: yeah i i feel the same way because of his price tag i mean he has to score a touchdown to really pay that off um or at least that's how i envision it like i said this is hard to believe but the vikings have the second fewest rushing touchdowns on the year um the only only worse is the texans and you have a running back like dalvin cook um so it's absolutely surprising um that they have been rushing in more for touchdowns um they just haven't been productive under the 10. um their old line hasn't blocked well um and on the posing side for the Steelers, you have TJ Watt, arguably the most dominant player, you know, talks of MVP would be, you know, one of the few defensive players to win an MVP, um, at least on the Steelers blogs, so they're hyping him up in that way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just the volume is going to be there for Madison because they use the bell cow back. Um, the back running back is Ke- uh, Keenan Wong-woo, um, an Iowa State alum. So um, I like him for special teams. Unfortunately, that's not going to garner us any points. So I'm with you. It it stinks because Madison's going to get a lot of volume, but I actually think I'm probably off of the Vikings running game. Um, I'd rather look to the pass catchers, and I think that's going to be pretty different than the field as a whole, and that might be the leverage play. Yeah, and
0: the the other thing here to to look at is recently uh, Pittsburgh has not been good against the run. We saw what Mixon did to them. But again, they've been injured. And so we got to find out tomorrow if Bugs the nose tackle is back in. Yeah, that could that could make it a lot tougher on Madison. Uh, and then Noongo, I, I do want to follow up there. I mean, he's speedy, yeah. but only two carries, two catches last week. So GPP play. And then CJ Ham, I want to mention this for fun because he had a catch for 19 yards. It was this play that I thought was kind of unique. I want to see if you've ever seen it before, Joe. It was eye uh, formation, and Ham was the fullback. They faked the handoff to Madison, so play action, and they threw it to the fullback uh, up mm-hmm. the seam. So they they faked the run uh, to Madison, and and Ham ran up the middle of the field and caught a 19-yard pass. I thought it was a nifty little play. Yeah, and I just don't remember seeing that very often, if at all. So
1: I couldn't I couldn't point to another another time where I saw that type of play. But I mean, it was it worked. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. The fullback has been a declining position. Um, in the NFL. And I think CJ Ham has or has the opportunity to revive that. I think the fullback position could be again used more, um, but that's just the trend of the NFL.
0: Yeah, he does have 12 receptions on the season. So if he happens to get in, uh, look out for a GP. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah,
0: certain certain teams try to keep that fullback involved. Uh, Belichick does it some with the Patriots. Yep. Uh, bit of a dying breed, though.
1: Bit of a dying breed. But like yeah. you said, um, I'll give a second shout out to the Iowa State running back no way no you say he had two carries last week not a lot in the in the game but he's had two um, return touchdowns this year um, and he has only played half the year he was injured for the first for the first part of it so that's pretty exciting um, from an Iowa State fan but Andrew we're talking all about um, the other players for the Vikings at the helm Kirk Cousins what's your opinion there knowing about you know everything else we've discussed
0: oh we have to talk about him yeah, I guess that would make sense. We should probably talk about the quarterbacks on both sides. So Cousins, yeah, he's he's sort of on the fence for me as well, because uh, I just I really want to get Jefferson and Deontay Johnson out there, mm-hmm. and so it's just a matter of you know game scripting it. You got to game script it, especially on FanDuel where you only get five slots. Yeah, um, you know, feel free to leave money on the table. Don't have to go both quarterbacks or even one. Um, so you know, yeah, he's he's playable for me. Uh, the most expensive guy on fan duel. Um, I'm just not sure. I'm going to keep playing with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I found a pretty funny tweet that I think sums up Kirk cousins in a nutshell. And it was stats love Kirk cousins, but wins do not. Um, <laughs> cause he, he looks like a good quarterback on paper. He's thrown 25 touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. You're like, wow, this guy's an absolute stud. Um, but, yeah, he just, like, he, he leaves you he leaves you wanting more. And for a Vikings fan, that's a win. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not um, too thrilled on Kirk Cousins. I think it makes more sense to pair him up because I like Justin Jefferson so much um, rather than, you know, a Big Ben. If I had to go a Big Ben-Johnson stack versus a Kirk Cousins-Jefferson stack, I'll be on the Kirk Cousins-Jefferson side of that fence. Um, but, yeah, both QBs are kind of in the same spot for me.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I like that. Um and again, I just want to follow up on the game scripting idea because last week, you know, they were trailing for most of the second, third, and fourth quarters and he threw it 40 times, 340 passing yards. So he put up really good numbers. But if they're if they're ahead, if Madison does get a touchdown early, I don't think he's going to throw it 40 times. And I don't I don't think he's going to have a stealing game. But no matter what, Jefferson is going to get – he's going to get those targets and, he's, and those catches. So right. that's why I think Jefferson is playable without him. But I think I'm with you that I would probably go the Cousins-Jefferson stack over the Ben Johnson stack if I could only have one.
1: Yeah. No, it's a lot to th- – I mean, it's really a lot to think about. Um, it's it's, it kind of a weird – normally you have one QB. Normally we talk about one QB on the Thursday night site so like that we're like, oh, yeah, this is the guy – this is who I like more. And it's kind of on both sides. We're like it, it, like you said, it's about the game script. Um, you know, not too thrilled on either one, but it's like, you want to play one. So, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see. All
0: right. Is there a chance we're going to f- uh, fill a kicker into one of our lineups?
1: Oh, are we not doing a separate podcast on the kickers this week? Uh,
0: well, I guess we can just, you know, mash them together here <laughs> okay. this time. All right. This time, <laughs> this time,
1: <laughs> um, between Boswell and Joseph, um, I would probably say I like Boswell more. Um, I would say both have been fairly consistent. Um, Joseph has missed maybe a little more um, on some extra points and field goals. But Boswell has been really consistent. Um, They trust Boswell um, a lot. Not to say they don't trust Joseph, but in a game script, um, I think the Steelers are going to be looking at um, a couple longer field goals. You know, it's that they don't have those big plays, Is short moving the chains up. Um, I see a couple times they get stopped, you know, you're sitting at a 40, 45 yard field goal. Um, so that's where I'm probably going to favor Boswell on this one. I, but I don't think either of them are going to really make it into my lineup.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I give a slight edge to Joseph. Uh, Boswell does have the slightly better numbers. It's just some, you know, a little instinct I have at home. Um, I do favor Minnesota a little bit in this game, so possibly more opportunities to score. But that's okay cuz you know we usually are pretty aligned on our core plays then the kickers we haven't always been on the same one but it's turned out
1: fine. Yeah, right. We've been winning the last few weeks and like, yeah, like you said, we're always on different kickers but we're always lined up on the core plays and yeah. That's that's the that's what matters.
0: Well, right? yeah, cuz sometimes the kicker doesn't doesn't really come into yeah. play and he doesn't you know he doesn't shift the entire slate. No. It can happen. It's
1: it's a good sign that we don't like the same kicker Andrew it's Yeah,
0: that is. You're right. I'm glad we don't. I'm glad we don't. (laughs) All right. Well, there's the breakdown for you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. Jump in with us at dfscoachtalk.com if you want those final lineups, full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. You just go plug them in. Cash lineups, GPP. Then the core lineups on DraftKings for the cash approach and the GPP. We'll have you ready. I'd love to have you. dfscoachtalk.com to join us. Any questions, look us up on Twitter at dfscoachtalk. And then uh, make sure to tune into hoops tomorrow. We'll continue seven day a week podcast there and we'll have main slate football this weekend showdown uh, primetime games. Joe, any other final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll put this teaser out there. Circle this one on the calendar. Uh, NBA Sunday, you get me. Oh, Um, that's right. For a full podcast, which is great. Um, It doesn't work out with my schedule normally to record an NBA podcast, but this Sunday it does. Um, and I get to give you the full breakdown. So it's great.
0: Um, it's must pencil, watch.
1: Pe- pencil that one in. It's a must watch. No,
0: no be- put it in with marker and yeah. set it on your calendars, folks. Sunday, this Sunday, tune in for Omaha Joe and Hoops. Looking forward to it. Exactly. All right, everybody. That'll do it for tonight. On behalf of Omaha Joe and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.